Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wesson Walker Show. This is Wes. I mean, seriously, I this happened... 20 seconds ago, and then Wes just decides in the distance to give us this kind of show cry to start off. It's Wes. Oh, let's go, baby. Let's get it going. Come on. And Walker. Out of nowhere. I mean, I look like a pansy, to be honest with you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Fiddy said, that scared me. I said that scared the bleep out of me. I said the same thing. It's 2 o'clock on Weston Walker. Remember that the WFNZ 21st Annual Street Turkeys presented by Ram Pavement returns to the Jack Daniels Doghouse Wednesday, November 22nd. We appreciate everybody hopping on and participating to the Street Turkeys event. It's the Second Harvest Food Bank of Metro Lina and Loaves and Fishes Friendship Trays also joining forces for a full day of gathering donations. And if you can't make it November 22nd, you can help right now. Text Street Turkeys. That's Street Turkeys one word no space to 44321 again 44321 and you can make a monetary donation i think we're going to be having bets that we take maybe some dares that we might take on air that's what i'm cooking up and i'm bringing west down with me that's just the idea if Wes is gonna, I'm with it. Be welcoming to it. The I think content is gonna be content is king. Yeah, you gotta you gotta donate a certain amount in order for us to do maybe something out there on the street. We're not gonna go. I've I am the one creating these, so we're not gonna leave it up to the listeners. Yeah. You're gonna come up with something too crazy. Okay. I'm not gonna give it up to Fitty either because Fitty's gonna come up with something yeah, too crazy. He'd be looking for payback, and he's not gonna be here anyway. So if you're not here, then you can't give me any of the dares that might be out there. But I'm gonna have a list. I'm gonna bring a lot. Just to make sure that anybody, if they're feeling generous enough enough to donate a lot of money, then we'll make sure that we're doing something for you. So, again, Street Turkeys, November 22nd, should be a lot of fun. So should this segment. Time now for the Live Wire with Josh Fiddy Marlowe. Live Wire's on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east the You're starting to learn, Walker, not to give power to me. You know I'm not going to be here for our Street Turkeys uh, broadcast. means I can't come up with anything for y'all to do if we get enough people to donate. But you can't stop me from donating. So if there's something that I want y'all to do, I can still retroactively donate and still make you do it. You can yeah. still, you can, yeah, <laughs> you're saying that you're going to do it. Now, I don't, I don't think that, wait, you said <laughs> you took up. away my power and then you tried to take back the power. <laughs> no, that was a, that was a nonsense salad that you just served up to all of us. And I'm not falling for it in order for you to have us do something ridiculous. Well, a nonsense salad is what we hear a lot out of the Panthers organization. And during the one and eight start, yes, we know the coaching staff has come under fire, but so has the ownership methods, once again, of Dave Tepper. The Panthers legend Steve Smith joined the Kyle Bailey show on Monday and said he's not in the ownership business just for money. He wants to win. And I think personally, he doesn't have the appetite to go ahead and allow this team to look like the Detroit Lions have looked from in the 2000s all the way till you know, a couple of years ago. 
Look at when they put him on the jumbotron in in Chicago. Did he look like a man that's who got a couple of billion dollars? Who going, man? Yolo. He looked distraught, just like all the other fans. <laughs> right? He looked like he was upset. They're like, look, he. I'm. I know him well enough. He's going. Why did they put me on the jumbotron? We're losing. Get me off the jumbotron. Now, Steve Smith didn't play for Dave Tepper. Um, he was never the owner while he was a Carolina Panther. But, yeah, this is the second time in less than a month we've played audio with the former Panthers legend on our station coming to the defense of the Panthers owner, which a lot of diehard Panther fans don't necessarily love because they feel like Steve is the voice of the fan base. What do you think? What do, what do you think we should make of Smitty coming to the defense of the owner? I think it's evident Steve Smith backing up the owner. It, it's evident of something good David Tepper has done for this franchise. And it's welcome the former legends in a way that was not being done with the Panthers ring of honor with Dave Gettleman coming in and ruining a lot of those relationships. It's what got Dave Gettleman fired because of the quote unquote bedside manner. Jerry Richardson wasn't with it. And Dave Gettleman is the guy that gets a team to a Super Bowl a lot because of what Marty Herney was able to do in his first stint. But then Dave Gettleman did the bargain bin shopping, put the final moves on that roster to help get them to a 15 and one record losing in the Super Bowl and then losing a lot after that. And if you're losing and you're just a jerk to work with and you don't welcome the Panthers legends that this fan base loves so much, then, yeah, that's what ended up getting him fired before training camp right before training camp. And so David Tepper comes in and says, nah, man, we're going to embrace the very players that put this franchise on the map in a couple of Super Bowl appearances. We're going to provide a ring of honor. We're going to have a ring so fans can look up and remember the fond days of Moussin Muhammad, Steve Smith, Wesley Walls, Jake DeLome. We're going to have that, and we're going to have guys on the sidelines. Steve Smith has been there quite a bit. These legends know about what's going on with the franchise because of how much they are welcomed, whether it be by the owner or the coaching staff, whatever group is over there. So I think that's, I mean, I think that's a lot of why Steve Smith finds himself and we find Steve Smith defending David Tepper amidst a ton of criticism hurled his way. Well, the one thing I will say is I don't doubt his want to win. I think that's part of the reason right. he is so meddlesome is because he does want to win. But also, you know, I think maybe some credit there he may be seeking if they are able to win. But, I mean, he's been in on a lot of the quarterbacks that have come out recently that he's wanted to get, whether it be free agents like Deshaun Watson or some of those guys or even in the draft. So I, I think he wants to win very badly. And I think the fact that he put so much money into this coaching staff, I think also reflects that. Now, whether the decisions are right or wrong, that's another story. But I don't doubt that he wants to win. What else you got, Fiddy? You mentioned that the Bills, who sit at 5-5, five and five, and I think it's fair to say, Maybe the biggest disappointment this year in the National Football League so far. Um, they fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, after their Monday night football loss to the Broncos. And former Panthers defensive coordinator and the head coach of the Bills, he explained why he made the move. Yeah, I'll, I'll start, John, uh, by just you know thanking Ken and, and his family for their investment on our team. And um, just felt like it was, it was time for change. Um, you know, we, we need to be a confident offensive football team and, and, and find consistent production. And, and that's really what it came down to. What do you feel you need to see from that unit moving forward under Joe? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, just more than anything, like I just said, is come out with some with an energy about our offense and, and what we're doing and, 
and, uh, and, and, and move the football and score points. I mean, that's really uh, the offense's job at the end of the day. Walker, you, you actually reminded us this, this morning in the fishbowl that Ken Dorsey actually interviewed for the head coaching gig back last January. Yep. If, if Frank Reich is really a one-and-done coach here in Carolina, does Ken Dorsey, does him getting fired maybe take the chances of him getting the job here as head coach a second time? You don't think so, Wes? You're shaking your head. No, no. I mean, when you look at everything – that you see about this firing. I mean, last season, the Bills were lighting people up 28 points a game. They had a plus 169-point differential uh, last season that led to AFC. But then you see that this firing was kind of coming. The play calling by Bills staff writer Joe Biscaglia said that it had become predictable. They're relying on go-to plays far too often. Also, McDermott wanted to establish more of a presence in the run game, and that wasn't there consistently enough for him. So when I see things like predictable, relying on go-to plays far too often and not running the football, no, that is not a guy you should want as your offensive coordinator at this point. I disagree. Uh I think with Ken Dorsey, if you look at where that offense ranks in the NFL, they're actually playing pretty well. If you look at number one, they're number one in the NFL in success rate at 48%. Number two in third down conversion rate. Number three in early down success. Number three in EPA per play. Number four in rate of downs converted. And number four in points per minute of possession. There are a lot of advanced stats that would show you the Bills offense really isn't the problem. Why did they lose that game against Denver? It's because Josh Allen was turning into a turnover machine. James Cook, on a run play that he called, fumbled the ball, got lucky enough to pick it back up after he fumbled it, and you still set yourself up for a touchdown in a clutch time scenario. And the other two reasons that you lost was because Sean McDermott calls an all-out blitz on third and 10. Russell Wilson could either hit his receiver for a touchdown or maybe even intentionally underthrow it to draw that P.I. He was successful. And then you still almost win, but it wasn't Ken Dorsey putting 12 people out there on a special teams play. That was Sean McDermott. And that's why I'm interested. Sean McDermott wants to run the football more. He does. But there are also incompletions from Josh Allen where guys are wide open. We saw that in this game. I think Josh Allen himself is a little bit of the problem. I also think coaching elsewhere outside of Ken Dorsey. I think there are still some problems with Ken Dorsey. I'm not saying he's perfect, but the ranks and where they are compared to other NFL offenses, especially in like the first six weeks of the NFL season, man, that's not the reason that the Bills are 5-5 five and five in my opinion. Well, I do think, though, going back to the comments that I just made about the the – predictability and things of that nature. I mean, this season, 80% of the games that they play, the interceptions been thrown. And yes, I do think that Josh Allen is a turnover machine, but that also comes to when your plays do get predictable, when teams do know what's coming. I do think that that falls into the lane of having turnovers being created. Teams start to know what you're going to do. They're going to figure things out. That's going to cause batted balls, turnovers, things of that nature. Also, you add in the Stefan Diggs angle, him feeling like he's not getting the football enough and the relationship that they had there. And yeah, Josh Allen plays a bit into that, but uh, in the lack of running the ball as well, especially with called running plays, uh, I think that all kind of played into it as well. But you're right, though. I mean, the numbers do look great on the surface. I think that when you dig a little bit deeper, I guess, he and McDermott were disagreeing on a lot of philosophical things. And that's what I think. Yeah, I think that as well. this This seems like a move. Oh, God, we're five and five? And we were a Super Bowl team coming into this year in a lot of people's eyes. That ain't going to cut it, but I'm I'm not going to fire myself. 
So now we got to make a decision. And Josh Allen's turning the ball over. Yeah. Might be on Josh Allen, but yeah. we're going to blame this OC. Yeah, and but he's going bye bye. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I think that too. When you, like he said, go to plays far too often, that is going to cause more turnovers. Two things. Do you think David Tepper, if he were to hire, were to fire Frank Reich, he would entertain the idea of hiring a head coach who was fired mid-season and back-to-back off seasons? And then number two, how irate will this fan base be? If Joe Brady proves to be the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, what we thought we were getting here in Carolina under Matt Rule. I don't see that happening, but also, too, <laughs> to hire a guy as a head coach that's been fired from his previous post, that's just not a good look. And especially in this climate that the Panthers are in now, you want all the positivity you can get. So that's why I don't think Ken Dorsey would be a move that you should make at all. I've always been a Joe Brady apologist. I have. <laughs> like, we can talk about privilege getting him that job. Totally agree with you. But I'm saying once he was there, I actually don't think he was the worst thing in the world. People love to point out that he was only passing game coordinator at LSU. Yes, that's true. Steve Emptman, I believe that's his name. Am I going with the Colts pick back in the day? That's, a oh, that's what I was thinking about as soon as you said that. Wow, what's the other guy's name? I forget. Either way. Joe Brady would call plays on passing downs. He was also calling plays on third down scenarios. No, he did not override in control. He did not have that, but he was calling plays. So it's not like it was completely uncharted territory for Joe Brady. And think about the last time this offense looked pretty good. Who was the OC? <laughs> it was Joe Brady. <laughs> and it was Teddy Bridgewater playing QB. Oh, Teddy two gloves. And it was the first half of the season where they looked the best. And while it was... A little early, a lot early for Joe Brady to get head coaching interviews. I don't think he did a bad job. You had some talent. And you know what? Any remotely talented skill player that you had on that team at the time got a thousand yards of total offense. And there's four, by the way, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Mike Davis, Curtis Samuel, all of them got over a thousand yards of offense. And Teddy Bridgewater was the best QB that you've had in the last five years since Cam Newton. I'm just saying, man. I know people want to point out he was young. He was only passing game coordinator. The second year didn't work out all that well. But Sam Donald was the QB after that. I got some love for Joe Brady. We'll see what he does in Buffalo. There it is. Walker officially endorses Joe Brady to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. (laughs) Yesterday, we played audio of Mike Elko dismissing rumors that he would leave Duke for Texas A&M. Dabo Sweeney also addressed rumors he could maybe leave Clemson for College Station. Any interest from you in the Texas A&M job? Oh, yeah, Becky. Becky. She's a star. Uh, <laughs> she is a star. Uh, man, I'm just focused on this job. Uh, always have been. And just trying to trying to find a way to beat North Carolina. That's it. Must be November. That's all I can say. <laughs> Why did that answer today? make me think that maybe, that maybe Dabo is more interested than what he wants us to believe? Because we want him to outright say, I'm not leaving for Texas A&M and I'm staying in Clemson. And anything other than direct messaging during these rumors leads it up for leaves you up for interpretation. I know you were making all sorts of comments during Mike Elko's answer the other day. <laughs> he didn't give you as much time Dabo did here in this soundbite, but do you still have the same hesitance to commit to saying Dabo will be staying in Clemson? Yeah. Dabo! Uh, I think he's staying. The only thing I would think that maybe he could be doing is making a play to become the highest paid coach, but he just got a new deal. It's a $60-plus dollar buyout. I mean, that would be just tremendous for Texas A&M to spend over $130 million, $130 million in buyouts alone. And uh, I just think Dabo has a great way. Zay, you said it yourself yesterday. You go to the SEC, a place like that. Uh, to me, Dabo is 
good. He would have to have three awful seasons at this point for them to consider firing him. You go to Texas A&M, they're expecting you to win the SEC immediately, get into the college football playoffs, especially if you're Dabo Sweeney. So I can't see it. Um, By the way, I said uncharted on accident. I meant uncharted. Uncharted means that you're not watching cable, maybe, if that's what it is. Also, uncharted. You stink. Yeah, I do stink. I meant to say uncharted. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't think Dabo Sweeney is moving. I don't. He's got it so made, right? That ain't happening. I I know the fan base got a little upset with what happened this year. Like, that this is a down year. But Clemson fans, just take a moment. Picture life without Dabo Sweeney as your head coach. You're a 6-6 six and six program. Do you want that life? Seriously, if you take any time to think about it, do you want that life? I would have to imagine anybody with an IQ point in that fan base would say no. We would rather have Dabo, even in the midst of what is a quote-unquote down season for Clemson football. Yeah, you don't want him leaving. And think about how much money Texas a will have to spend, not only between the buyouts, but from the... The staffs, because they still have to pay Jimbo's staff to go away, then pay a new staff. I mean, they would be paying money just out of the wazoo for a new coach. That's Brian Burns' money. Big time. <laughs> what else you got, Fiddy? <laughs> so it's not just in the uh, in the college world. Are we speculating about the future of head coaches with A&M job? Everyone is curious about where Bill Belichick will be coaching in the NFL in 2024. Well, everybody's favorite NFL analyst. Dan Orlovsky, he joined the Pat McAfee show to tell you what he heard about Bill Belichick's future in the National Football League. Now, Diana Rossini reported this weekend that people around the building are assuming or preparing for a mutual parting of ways between Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. He will go coach somewhere else if that is the case. Will he be the GM as well? We assume, but who knows? Mm -hmm. That would be bananas. That would be a colossal move in the NFL news yeah. cycle. I've heard that. I've heard more and more of that over the past like, week. I'm not a reporter, all that stuff, but I have heard that. You're a journalist. I ha- I, I, yeah. Um, I, I have heard that that's going to be the case, and it's kind of uh, who, who knows the likelihood of it, but I've, I've heard that that's going to happen, and I've heard the location is already kind of determined as well. Where he's going? Ooh. LA? Chargers. It's Washington. Mm. You know, I'm not giving... Uh, <laughs> I just I've heard that. <laughs> you messed up, Dan. I've heard that. People that know is just like friends. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you know anything about Bill Belichick, he's openly said there's only one of the organization he'd ever work for. What and is it? It's the New York Giants. Okay. Man, you give me as big of a pause as Dan Orlovsky was. Well, I mean, you know, he's been pretty open about it. So I don't think it happens. You don't think that Bill Belichick leaves or that he goes to the Giants? I, I don't think he leaves, and I don't think he goes. I know there's rumors that Washington might trade for him. I don't think he wants to coach in Washington. And then the Cowboy fan and me, don't go to the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't do it. Uh, yeah, I think it is time for them to part ways. He's got to go somewhere where they have a quarterback. I think that could also lead to it, too. I've heard people speculating about the Chargers. I think that would be a great place for him to go if he really wants to have a chance to win another Super Bowl. And he's 16 wins away from Don Shula as the winningest coach in NFL history. I think he definitely wants to get that before he retires. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see. But I think the Chargers, I don't think Brandon Staley's going to stay there. I think that would be the perfect place for him to go. If you're a Panther fan, yeah, you know what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you'd want him. But remember George Seifert. Would you want him? 
am, am I stupid for asking that? It feels like a stupid question. And yet I go to my gut, I go to my heart, and it's not an overwhelming yes that I would want Bill Belichick to come here and coach this team and maybe even run it. Are you giving him GM responsibilities too if you just no, fire Scott Fitterer? Because no. it didn't work out in New England. Yeah, no. We got to talk about this. I, uh, Bill, <laughs> I know you beat us back in Super Bowl 38. Uh, <laughs> we got great weather here in, in, in Charlotte. Would you, you want to come coach the Panthers? Who was that, Tepper? Please. That was pretty good if that was Tepper. Um, yeah, no, I'm sorry, I beat you in Super Bowl 38. <laughs> great play. Um, no, thank you, Dave. I like your chest hair. All right, Wes can, uh, not Wes, Fitty continues to talk to himself during the break, and we come back and try to make sense of all of it. That and cutting Calvin Throckmorton. Lots of important stuff to get to on Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, folks. Two more segments left on the Weston Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming on the Charlotte Men's Clinic. Text line 704-570-9610. Talking about the Carolina Panthers. They made some moves. David Newton just tweeted out a little while ago. J.C. Horn out there on the practice field with no red jersey. So it looks like he's getting closer and closer to coming back. Said that he is moving well after missing eight games with a hamstring injury. We're definitely going to get into that as well. And the Panthers made a move, cut Calvin Throckmorton, the guy Mm. that played a lot of football for them this season on the offensive line. Not very good football, but he played a lot of football (laughs) nonetheless. But man, that's a head scratcher because I know they brought in a linebacker, but the offensive line, it's like, can they afford to make moves? The depth, obviously, like I said, nobody on the line is playing great football. But, man, that that's a little bit of a head-scratchy move to cut a guy from the offensive line. I mean, I guess you can only be so mad about it when your intro is, he's played a lot of football, but not very good football. <laughs> so I can't get too worked up about Calvin Throckmorton not being on the team anymore when the biggest criticism we've given this offense it's been interior protection. Even with Icky not playing well on the left side, actually, you saw him with his grade, what he got this last game out. Only one QB pressure allowed. That That's nice to see. Okay, it It's individual battles that we want to win. They're, they're small. Small but, victories. But man. we'll take that one from Icky Kwanu because we desperately need him to be good here in Carolina. It's been the interior pass protection that has not been very good. Throckmorton playing a lot of snaps. Chandler Savala also contributing to the bad cause at the beginning of the season. But you drafted Savala, and you're hoping that he can become some type of player as he moves forward. And so Throckmorton no longer on the roster. Yeah, so now it's going to be interesting with 
they do here. Zavala looks like he's going to step into the slot, and that's one of the things that made me really wonder about this move. I'm like, okay, you're going to get rid of Throckmorton to put Chandler Zavala in after the season that he has had. And so I was like, well, I guess, you know, at this point, I mean, Throckmorton, according to PFF, has a 50.6 grade on the season overall, uh, 55.7 pass blocking grade. But Chandler Zavala, I mean, a 27 overall grade for the season, 9.6 pass block grade, according to PFF. I mean, if you get a 9.6, you might as well just call it a zero in my book. Well, he got one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a zero. So, I mean, for Bryce, the week that you play the Dallas Cowboys, you want to lose Calvin Throckmorton to put Chandler Zavala back in the mix? Boy, mm-hmm. if if you could just uh, be inside his body pre-snap to feel those nerves, because I know he's going to be damn near shaking when he's back there getting ready to take that snap. Fiddy is laughing. Now you are. They also could consider Cade Mays. He started at right guard in week two, but you know it's not going to be a perfect answer anywhere. I mean, I will say Cade Mays did a pretty nice job last year. Somebody that people were interested in because of the spot production that he would provide. Maybe you could find that magic again. We're not finding easy answers here regardless, Wes. Yeah, I know. No, that's how it is. I think we all know that. We're not picking between Larry Allen and whoever the hell else, (laughs) Allen Fanico. Okay, that's not who's at your disposal. You got Cade Mays, you got Savala, and you got Throckmorton. You pick two of the three, you pick one of the three, and then you move on, and you pray that Bryce Young is okay the rest of the year. All right, so we talked about J.C. Horn back out there on the practice field uh, looks like he's going to be closer and closer to playing. May play Sunday. We'll see. But what do we expect from J.C. Horn when he returns? How valuable do we feel like he is to the long-term plans in the second part of that question? Okay, so two-part question. One, I think you expect good production from J.C. Horn when he's out on the field. His problem has always been about health, but when he's on the field, he's a really good football player. Man, how valuable is he to the future? That's where the whole availability thing comes into the picture. I don't know how much money you're going to give to Brian Burns. I don't know if you're going to give him any money or if he is indeed going to be playing football for a different team next year. Derek Brown, I do think that he's going to be a part of the long-term future of this squad. And now you don't have to put as much money towards uh, Jeremy Chin. We once thought that he might be somebody that would be getting a decent paycheck. Yeah, the J.C. Horn thing is interesting. Wes, I know so many people want to move on from him, and I get it. The guy's not healthy. It it sucks. I I hate it for him. I hate it for this Panthers team because he's a good cornerback, and they're really valuable in today's day and age. I do wonder if he doesn't get as much money because of the injury risk there. And so you, I don't know about getting a discount. He's still going to get a decent paycheck. Decent, quote unquote, right? (laughs) But you're not going to pay him as much as I thought maybe compared to what you were going to get last year. Like maybe it does come down a little closer to a point where you can afford him and other pieces and you can still afford to pay other guys that you might want to keep long-term. I don't know how to assess his value. I good player, not out on the field. How do you assess it? We're going to see a lot of what he does at the end of this season when he's available, he's eligible to return. Now it doesn't mean he is, a foregone conclusion that he will suit up against Dallas, but it's nice to see him out there on the practice field. His value is really hard to assess for me. Well, yeah, and as far as on the field, if healthy, I feel like he changes life for this defense. Yeah, he I'll does. Say that much. I mean, he's going to 
take the other team's best receiver, not that he's going to follow them, but when he's on that side, you know, he's going to limit what they can do. The other receiver is not just going to go on his side and just eat uh, sloppily, might I add, just go over there and just be eating a buffet of catches. That's not going to happen. And obviously with better coverage comes slightly better pass rush. He's going to buy you a little bit of extra time to get back there to that quarterback on some key downs. But the thing for him is just everybody's, on pins and needles when you watch J.C. Horn play, man, because you just worry about, at this point especially, when's the injury going to come? And you don't want to think like that about a player. But with J.C. Horn, you have no choice. And then you wonder, too, about his, uh, you know, is there going to be some hesitancy there? Is there starting to be a lack of confidence in him? And I don't think so. He seems to be a very, very confident young man. But will there be now? Because, you know, just being downtrodden about the fact that he's upset because he's missed so much time. And is this going to be the time he's finally going to stay healthy? And if so, how much? But I think as far as the impact he's going to have on this defense, it's certainly going to help. They're one of the better pass defenses in the league, but I always think that those stats are a bit skewed because they are 26 defensively against the run. So I think that teams are going to opt to run on the Panthers first and foremost before they start to take those shots, and the Panthers have a pretty good third down defense as is anyway, so I think he'll just add to what they have. Yeah, I I think it certainly helps you, but Wes, there's also something emerging right now, Okay, and it's on the opposite side of J.C. Horn. I I keep trying to get on out, but they pull me back in, Wes. (laughs) Dante Jackson. Okay. If you've seen him the last three games, the man has been covering very well. If you look at our beloved website, Pro Football Focus, Mm -hmm. and you see what his grade is compared to every other cornerback in the NFL. He is 29th out of 113 corners measured. If you look at his coverage grade, which matters more than just the overall grade, in my opinion, when you're talking about him being able to stick with a receiver, he's 21st out of 113 cornerbacks Career high for him, might I add. It is indeed. Coverage grade. It is indeed. The problem with Dante, even for me, who always sees the potential, is that that's when he disappoints you most, whether it be an injury, which isn't so much his fault, or whether it be him biting on a double move, which, yeah, that is his fault. It's the discipline. We've seen that quite a bit. But just it's, it's not even about how much you value Dante, okay? I've always been steadfast in saying I don't want him to be my number one corner, but I view him as a pretty good number two corner at his potential. If you bring J.C. Horn back... And you got Dante playing the way he is right now, Wes. Then think about how much that helps Ajero Avero, who got to work with a great cornerback in Denver and utilize him in a fantastic way with Patrick Sertan. So Dante and J.C. Horn, I see the light, Wes. I see the light. I see the possibility if those guys can stay healthy. But everybody that's going to come back at me and say they can't, I get you. You're right. Both guys have had their struggles with injuries their entire career. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think with him, it's just, you know, both of these guys being healthy for extended stretches. And he has having he is having one of the better seasons of his career. He's allowed 23 receptions. The, the passer rating allowed against him, 116.1. But still, he's the guy that I think two teams are going away from him because J.C. Horn is not out there. But that's why it's so important to have both of them out there on the field. And if Dante can continue this type of play and even step it up and elevate it even more, this does nothing but help this defense. I mean, I think it was Baldy who gave a uh, Brian Baldinger. Dude, the Baldy breakdown. talking about Fitty. Damn. <laughs> he threw me an alley right there, Fitty. My bad, man. He threw me an alley right there. Uh, 
say it ain't stuff. That was like Penny the Shack right there, man. I didn't I didn't want to. I was throwing it to somebody. I didn't mean to throw it. I didn't it was a shot. You took it and you slammed <laughs> well, yeah, it that, home. that was for the Wake Forest comment, All right. man. Yeah. You know, I can't get back with what they're doing on the field, so I got to get personal, you Wake, know? Wake Forest can get better. I don't think Fiddy can grow hair, man. <laughs> That's the problem. All right, we love you. That's a different Baldy breakdown. I wanted to talk about Brian Baldinger's breakdowns. Those things are the greatest. I love when I scroll on my timeline and I come across a Baldy breakdown of him just grinding tape, giving love to whatever player, Derek Brown and Dante Jackson in this last game. Man, shed all sorts of love on him or shed light, gave him a lot of love. Got to see that with both Dante, who was very good, and Derek Brown. So that was cool. Yeah, man, playing very well. So we'll see if J.C. Horn can only improve the play on that defensive side. No doubt about it. And so when you talk about this Carolina defense, and there are some things to like. Now, overall, you don't like uh, the scoring defense and and where that is. You're giving up 27 points a game uh, in that department. And so you want to see that improve. There's no question about that. But when you go and you look at the defense and start to break it down, as I said, 26 against the run, but they are ninth defensively in third down rate, which is so important. They're 11th in the NFL in yards allowed per play. You want to see them get some more turnovers, though. 31st in the NFL in forced turnovers. But will this defense keep them in enough games to be able to squeeze out another win or two down the stretch? That's what you're going to have to rely on. As bad as it's looked, Wes, as bad as it's looked, the defense played well against the Colts. They only allowed the one touchdown. And the offense, we know, did not put this Panthers defense in favorable spots. If you look at Chicago, they allowed 16 points. And they only lost by a field goal. It doesn't mean that you can put a lot of trust in the offense to actually win. But what you can see is that the defense is giving them a chance. I don't know if it's going to happen against Dallas. I'm not going to say that. But against a team like the Titans, against a team like Tampa Bay, I, who knows New about Orleans? This? New Orleans if Jameis Winston's going to play QB too like he's going to turn it over Green so Bay? at some point yeah that that's the point you can see the idea of the defense keeping them in some games. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you're not going up against quarterbacks who are lighting the world on fire down the stretch. You don't have a ton of those. I mean, outside of Dak Prescott, I mean, who's a quarterback on the schedule that really frightens you where you're like, we have no chance of yeah. uh, going up against that guy. There he is. And maybe Trevor against Jacksonville, yes. second to last week. Not putting up a, a ton of numbers. Yeah. I think that's more... It, when you watch, but when you watch Trevor, it's not like, oh man, this guy's awful. I mean, he's had a couple. It's, against San Francisco, he was bad. I, I guess that's true. This last outing, but I, I think when you watch Trevor Lawrence, it feels like they're using ETN a ton. Like he's a true bell cow this year, which is not what was expected. If you do the fantasy expert thing, they draft Tank Bigsby, and they're not using Ridley as much. I like Doug Peterson. They're still six and three. But it just feels like they're not challenging downfield. The offensive line has been real bad for them this year. But also, you know, I got to keep it a bean, man. You know, Trevor Lawrence was billed as a generational quarterback prospect. And, you know, the freshman season and the two years after that at Clemson, he was big time. There's no question about it. But you expect to see him as just one of those guys that just lights people up on a week-in, week-out basis. And he doesn't do that. And he does turn the football over a lot. And it's starting to get to a point where you feel like that that's his identity because it's, it just happens too frequently. He turns the ball over a lot. So, you know, you know how much I love Trevor Lawrence, but I call a spade a spade. And, you know, he hasn't been the generational prospect that I thought that he would be going into the NFL. This is going to be the rare flip of QB love, QB hate. 
where I'm going to take it easier on Trevor Lawrence and you are going to keep it a spade, keep it a bean, as you might say. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said, that sounded so bad. Keep it a spade. That's not the saying. Take it away from me, Wes. All right, man. Baldy, last uh, flash of the day. I mean, my bad. Fitty, last flash of the day. Fitty. Walker, pretty big update coming out of Panthers practice. GM Scott Fitterer, assistant GM Dan Morgan, head coach Frank Reich, senior defensive assistant Dom Capers, and many others, including Nicole Tepper, watched offensive line versus defensive line drills at practice. Oh, so- come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to hear that breakdown. I want a baldy breakdown from David Tepper is what I want. Give me that baldy breakdown. Well, then I'll have to ask Nicole because she's the real football savant that was out there watching practice. I'm reading the replies that, that, that Mike Hayes tweet is getting. Mike Hayes, just, just take down the tweet, man. It's, it's not worth it. Also, we know by now Deshaun Watson out for the season in Cleveland. P.J. Walker was the backup quarterback, but he's not going to be the starting quarterback. They're going with the rookie DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. You know, another Panthers legend like Joe Brady with a chance to maybe lead their team on a playoff run. But Kevin Stefanski said, no, I want the rook. And Wes, you liked him back in the preseason. I did, man. He did play really good football. Of course, he's going to have his growing pains, and I think it speaks to how inept uh, P.J. Walker was during that stretch. And I still shudder to understand how he beat my Niners. That's another story. But listen, if I was like a Trent Williams type where I'm just making big Skrilla man and I'm that guy regardless, I'm going over to Tepper now. I said, what the hell y'all doing over here? Like, why y'all watching us? Okay? Uh, I had a teammate one time. It it cracked me up when I was at Florida. Fans would be out there watching practice. And he was like, why are they out here watching us condition? And I thought it was just the funniest thing ever. But why are y'all over there watching offensive line and defensive line? Like, that that's annoying. And that is that is a bit much. Now, the owner, I can see him watching practice, but you got him and the wife over there and all that. That's too doggone much. Y'all find something better to do. Go go pick a new hedge fund or something like that, man. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I like the idea of Wes bucking up to David Tepper saying, get on out of here. Stop watching. Oh, me. listen. I, I mean, if I'm, big, than you, Wes. if I'm a big money tackle like that, I ain't caring. I got M's in the bank. I ain't worried about it. Trade me somewhere else if you don't like how I'm talking. By the way, we'll always have. I know you were you were throwing up the lob to me for the P.J. Walker discourse. I, I'll slam it home. We'll always have the Tampa Bay performance. <laughs> Dude put him in Canton after one game. He did, didn't he? <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, you've had some phenomenal performances. C.J. Stroud, 475 touchdowns. But, man, that, oh, that, that Tampa sweet. Bay game, boy. Oh, I'm not. Oof. It wasn't Master supposed class. to happen. <laughs> there he goes. It wasn't supposed <laughs> to happen. How in the world is P.J. Walker going to beat Tampa Bay with those fireballs moving to his left <laughs> on a dime? P-Jack, I'll always respect. remember that game. With he that, will, man. With that being said, DTR is the right move. DTR, I'm ready for. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. When we come back, we close this thing down. One section left to go on the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. See Fitty dance a little bit more. I love it when he does it. That's a baldy breakdown. That's a baldy breakdown when he dances. I think. Oh, look at Walker getting in on it. I think this might be his favorite instrumental. I think. Is this your favorite one, Fitty? Oh, there's so many to choose from. Yeah, this one's this one's up there because no matter like what kind of mood I'm in, you're gonna you're gonna move to this one. Fitty moves a lot. I think you move a lot to all the instrumentals that we got over there. You like the Conway instrumental? All time booty mover. ago. He does. He likes uh, when when you go to the roots. It's been a while since you brought Philadelphia Half Life back to the equation, but he does like the roots. You also bring. Uh, we have some Black Star there that he likes dancing yeah. to. Yeah. So, but is that something that you enjoy uh, about the show the most that we've uh, broadened you to some some rap like that? Now I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you're jamming the most deaf on the way home. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he heard a lot of stuff that he likes back then that I, you know, wouldn't have expected him. He does like it. I mean, look, believe it or not, some of these songs I have heard and I'm familiar with. There, Then there's, like, the other 200 that I did not know existed. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's what makes us unique because we're, we're three different dudes with... Y'all have got very similar but still different music tastes, and I've got very different music tastes. And mm. um, I don't think I'm the funniest guy to watch dance. So whenever Shrop's back here, if you ever watch Shrop, he'll be, like, turning around and not cutting your microphones on. He gets so lost in the sauce. I can dance. <laughs> And still make sure we're on the air properly. Fiddy at a wedding's got to be uh, a vibe. Oh, I'm I'm fine. He yeah, he's talked about it quite a bit. He he says he wants an excuse to get drunk, <laughs> and he also wants an excuse to cut a rug. And I think Fiddy, you you lean into the comedic value when you dance. I think Shroppy, he's actually feeling the vibe. And he's yeah. getting lost. You're right about that. Yeah. So that's why I think, but you dance as much as anybody back there. And I welcome it. It makes me happy. That's one thing we haven't done yet. We haven't drank together. We need that. I think we need to do that. I would love to drink with Fitty. <laughs> Walking I have, but not. Oh, that's right. Because you didn't come. So Didn't get the invite. Didn't respond. You know either. that we have had two birthdays celebrated on the show. And neither one of your girlfriends DM'd me. Uh-huh. To figure out what to do for the birthday. <laughs> that was the most aggressive me. Right. And then I had me. my own birthday and nothing. Didn't Crickets, invite us. Your to... girl didn't DM me. Right. <laughs> Damn it, Flounder. I told you to DM one. Come on, Flounder. <laughs> yeah, didn't invite us to nothing. I know. We didn't even. I get... mean, I personally invited. I think that trumps a girlfriend. I personally That's right. invited the man. I got invited by both you and your girlfriend. That's right. That happened. And man. we went out to Uptown and. We had a good time. That's right. I drank on that brown liquor. That's right. Walker yeah, didn't have a party, but I, I gave him money for a drink, though. Did you take advantage? That, that, not yet. Not yet. Okay. This weekend, uh, yeah. Not a partake. You know, birthday was on a Monday. It's all good. You know, I, you I did get, get a drink, yeah. but, you know, I guess depending on how you view it, it could have been your money. could have been my money. Yeah, get something good, man. All right. I am going to get something good. I don't know what I'm going to get, though. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be here 
for Wes giving the social media some love with us going out together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to make that happen. <sighs> Wes and be... Walker night out on the town, night out in the Queen City. We got to make that happen soon because it's about to get cold. It'd be too scary for me. I mean, I'd be... Do a little merchant trade, something like that. <laughs> nice and classy. You know, fitty squinting. We got to be back home by 1030, though, you know. <laughs> Get that packed water after dark in. <laughs> That's right. Of course he would. If he's going to leave the house and he's got to get back. Hey, Wash U is on, okay? Yeah. I want to see the Cougs. I want to see them play. <laughs> Give me back to the house. Yeah, that would be one hell of a night out. Uh, yeah, Hurricane Hugo writing in. Get you a nice smoked old-fashioned. I've never had one. They're good. You should get one. I don't like old fashions like that. They're okay. You like new fashion? Yeah, I like new fashions. Keep it modern times. Put a little twist on it. I like that's what I had. That's what I had. Where where did we go when we went uptown? Was it? Uh, oh, I forgot what that place. It was cool. It was a chill yeah, vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was in the bottom of the hotel. Um, it's in the the Ivy. It's Is that the right? Bar that's in the the Ivy. No, not Ink and Ivy. You degenerates. Yeah, no, no, not Ink and Ivy. The Ivy Hotel, very posh hotel. It was. It was indeed. Yeah, we were pinky out, sipping on what we were sipping. We on. certainly were. It was a lot of fun. Fitty, you should have been there. You had the invite, but yeah. you didn't ever go. Mm-hmm. This is the problem, man. You didn't even respond. You're, you're gonna you're gonna flip it on us. You're gonna say that it's our problem. Yep. But just remember, folks, Fitty plays y'all. Okay, if you yep. allow yourself to be played, yep. he will take advantage yep, of that. Like he did my mom. Had my mom calling up here mm. defending him. Little did she. <laughs> Yeah. How in the world did that happen? Yeah. That's how you know you're good at what you do. Exactly. That's why I said, man, he is the lawyer from Carlito's Way. Mm. That'll do it. For one, Josh Fitty Marlowe. You guys haven't seen Carlito's Way, have you? No, we haven't. Ah, man, I think I mentioned that. I mentioned that earlier that I haven't seen it. I know that's a bad movie that I haven't seen. Yeah, I got to watch the gangster movies. Man. Al Pacino, right? Casino no, on Carlito's Way. Yeah. I need to see all the outfits. And you movies. use a line from it earlier. They pull me, every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. I had no clue. That's yeah, weird. That's what I, I got not, famous from, Carlito's Way. I did not know that. Carlito I, was trying to quit the gangster life, and stuff kept happening to bring him back in. I can relate. <laughs> I can relate. That's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. We'll be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3 p.m. Until then, keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show. Coming up next, alongside Smoke Ludwig.